0: own life hey guys are you here products. today we're gonna
1: to talk about g- 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 growing with fishes growing <gasps> with fishes. <gasps>
0: hey everybody welcome to drawingofficies podcast episode 200 and 343. Uh, we have Riza Rich joining us again. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey Steve how's it going man?
0: doing good. It's been a, been a fun week Kind of get finalizing our last of our stuff for inspections and stuff for the new spot I'm working with and uh, yeah we'll have some more info on that here uh, next month. But, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, how about you? How are you doing?
1: Good, man. I'm staying busy as well. It sounds like you're uh, dotting your I's and crossing your T's over there right now. So that's always fun.
0: Yeah. We got one more inspection, and then we can open to the public, and it'll be fun.
1: So Yeah, that sounds awesome, man.
0: Yeah. So we'll have a uh, – again, stay tuned on that here uh, as we get closer – um, so you just had a really awesome, uh, uh event with, uh, Jordan of, uh, Growcast, uh, with the breeder, uh, class that you did. Uh, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, man, we do, uh, we do all sorts of classes. We do some, uh, just, you know, beginner starter grow classes, cloning classes, uh, how to make RSO, but we were just in Virginia and, uh, Virginia beach. In Richmond, Virginia, two different grow shops doing a breeding class. So, uh, that was a lot of fun because we've only done, we've only done the breeding class one other time. So this would be our second, second and third time doing it. And, uh, it was just awesome, man. Virginia is honestly one of the best cannabis states, I think. And it's not because I'm from there. Um, I am partial to it, but, uh, you know, the last two times that I've been back there, I went with him and Queen of the Sun to their soil class they did last year. And that time and this breeding class we just did, every sample that people at these classes gave us was just phenomenal, amazing. You know, I mean, there wasn't one bad sample. Um, it Just the growers there are are awesome. They're amazing. It just, it it blew me away because usually there's, you know, couple samples that I'll get that are you know they're good but they're not you know anything crazy but it, like I said it was just like every single one that that I was handed just was you know something to write home about so doing classes out there are always fun and, and it seemed like we got people just asked the best questions there too so um it's just a really fun class you know it's it's we go through how I do my breeding um, you know uh, just Basically, how to uh, you know teach people how to do breeding projects on their own. We kind of want people to experiment and at least try breeding once in their growing career or span, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's really rewarding and fun just to make your own strain at least one time, grow it out, flower it out, see what it is. It, it's just different knowing that you have something that nobody else has or has created yet. Um, it's just a really fun experience and we want people to know that it's super easy to do. It's not, it's not complicated. Like, you know, a lot of other breeders or people out there want you to think that it's this huge process that has to be done and and that you have to, you know, be super scientific and all these huge terms and do all these special things. And in reality, it's really not that hard to make awesome crosses for yourself at home.
0: So what are some of the traits that you look for in a male plant when you're doing your selections?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, So there's a couple things I look for in males. Um, When I flower them out, I've always heard from other breeders before I was really doing a lot of breeding myself and would listen to them, um, different shows and stuff. Talk about how with the males, you don't want to, take the very first male that you see show sex. um, That Usually the ones that show sex are going to end up being pretty dominant. So when you breed with them, you tend to pull out more of those that male's traits versus the females. And obviously, usually when you're breeding, most of the time you're trying to pull out traits from the keeper females that you're using. So you don't want to be pulling out too many dominant traits from the males. Uh, So I'll usually go for something that Shows it's sex or starts flowering later in the group. Um, that's a big thing. So I'm, I'm not grabbing the first male that shows sex and uh, starts flowering right away. I know that can be tempting just because they seem like the strong ones, but I usually don't want a very dominant male. So that's a huge one. Structure is another thing that I really look for. Um, I have a lot of tent grows or low ceiling rooms to where I can't have really Super stretchy plants in there. So I'm, I tend to breed with things that have tighter structure or closer internodal spacing. Um, and then lastly, would be smells and frost, which you're not going to see on every male, but if you look long enough, you can definitely find frosty males. And I found quite a few of them. And it seems like the frostier the male is, the better they breed out. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be true across the board, but that's just my experience um, with what I've done. So if you can find those few things in a mail, it seems like you can overall have some pretty make some pretty good crosses pretty easily, um, you know, with the mail that way. But that's usually what I'm looking for. Personally, everybody's going to have their own own things that they want to look for in a male. but. Sure. Uh, what uh, what lines are you currently working on now? So right now I'm doing a project. Um, <clears throat> I just got done with the reversal, of doing a fem project with Oreos. But right now our newest project is a Apes in Space pollination, which is a uh, cross from Exotic Genetics. It's a uh, I believe it's Falcon Nine and Grease Monkey. It's a really really gassy male and I looked through looked through a pack of those, found quite a few males. Um but this one was just the standout in the structure, the smells. Um he didn't flower right away as well. So he's the one I went for. Um I'm hoping to see more gassy stuff. I got a lot of fruity lines in my older work. Um the Oreos I was trying to kind of do more raunchier or herbal, sagey, kind of get away from the fruit. And then with this apes in space project, I also kind of want to get into more gassier, um, earthy kind of flavors. Because like I said, I have so many fruit, fruit strains at this point that I prefer the gassier, raunchier, funkier stuff. So that's what I want to see. And I want to uh, add some more lines like that to it.
0: Very cool. Is there anything that you've grown lately that you uh, you grew it and you're you know, really impressed or had a unique trade or anything interesting or different?
1: Yeah, right now I'm growing out a bunch of my own stuff. <clears throat> like the uh, cookie truffle shuffle, which is the truffle cake, cross to, which is an in-house genetic strain, cross to Oreos. I got about 16 16 to 18 phenos of that one right now in flower. They all look phenomenal. Um, they're all super frosty at like week three, three and a half already. Um, I've seen some other phenos that that uh, members of Brocast have grown out already, and uh, all of those have looked amazing as well. I've got a couple Oreos S1s. That I have in flower too, that also look amazing. Um, I just saw an example of that in Virginia that a member brought me at one of the classes, and it was, it was, I called it like an Oreo on steroids. It's like Oreos with more flavor, maybe a little bit more frost, but looks, you know, dead on like Oreos other than that. But uh, what else? the Oreos S1, the cookie truffle shuffle. There's a purple Urkel cake that I got from Fresh Coast too that i am grown from seed that looks super interesting. Uh, the smells on it, I can't even really describe either. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but it's just something super unique that I've never really experienced in a cannabis plant yet. It, it's it, There's like a, a, a bunch of different smells and profiles going on that it's very hard for me to pinpoint it and I'm honestly not the best at describing smells so maybe when I have somebody come over when it's finished that can smoke some and, and smell it will be able to describe something to me that will register in my own head and say yeah that's exactly what I'm smelling. It's definitely got something kind of grapey weird berry flavor going on turf profile going on but Um, Those are only about, that room's probably about four or five weeks into flowers, so they don't, they're not quite done yet either, and there's still some time, but that one's definitely catching my eye. Uh, There's a banana runce I got from Soulfire in there that I really like that looks good so far. Uh, That one smells more gassy than banana, though. I was really hoping for a banana, banana, uh, you because I know some people that did get some banana ones. I'm always looking for good banana terps. And then I got some of my usual keepers like you know the truffle cake, um, banana punch, the original Oreos, shit like that in there that I you know usually throw in with with my projects. But so far as new stuff, it's the cookie truffle shuffle and the uh, that purple oracle cake and banana runs are probably the three that are really standouts for me right now.
0: Nice. Um, is there, uh, uh, anything that you're looking for to add for your current cross collection that you're
1: like missing that last piece of your puzzle? Ah, man, that's a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked that, but, uh, there's definitely some things that I feel like I would really like to get back or that I just flat out don't have that I would like, um, some sour shit. I would love to get back. I haven't had anything sour in a while. The last thing I had that was sour came from my buddy Farmer John in Colorado. And it's terrible. I can't, I, the name is not coming to me right now but it was like a sour diesel, uh, flavor. But other than that, I haven't seen sours in a while and I'd really like to do some work with some sours or or find some sours and and add those to the staple. Um, of course some skunky stuff. I feel like I still see skunky stuff, but I feel like everybody kind of has their own interpretation of skunky too. So it's, you know, I, I don't know if it's as elusive as I believe it is. Um, but I, I would like, I guess, something skunkier, um, some you know, some sour, some skunky, and then the Virginia Beach Afghani. I really, really would love to get that profile back, which is just like a really good, I guess, Afghani profile. Because anytime I get Afghani, that's what it reminds me of, like a almost like a Jack Hair type flavor, you know.
0: Nice. Well, uh, I might know a place you can get some sour OG cross to Temple Thai here soon. So
1: yeah, that would be awesome. So definitely, be, yeah. definitely look through some of those.
0: Yeah, so those will be available here in October, along with uh, three other Temple Thai crosses. Uh, yes, sir. With Thai stuff uh, here in uh, next month, so stay tuned for that. We'll have more information soon. Especially if you're a Growcast member, they're going to get, I think, first crack at them, so uh, be sure to check that out as well.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting, dude. I definitely want to look through some of the sours because I just don't, I don't know if it's where I live, but I just don't see enough of them. I know some people I talk to online that see them, uh, you know, come across them, but I just don't see enough of it these days. It seems like it's been either just worked out, or it's just not as prevalent, or maybe, like I said, maybe it's just the area I'm living in. It's just not as as big of a deal for people around here for some reason. So I just don't see it. But the sour cream OG is a a,
0: a really good one that that Chris has been growing for a long time over there. It definitely is some of the cult of, some of the phenos I got out of that were really sour. Uh, <laughs> so it was really tasty. So de- definitely uh, check that one out, and then it's crossed with the gigantic uh, temple tie, which gets uh, you know enormous in the normal growth season. So, definitely yes. check that out. I remember those seeds, those giant seeds. Good God! Yeah, they came off of twenty foot plants so that smelled like peaches. It was awesome. Jesus. So, thing goes twenty feet or twenty feet and twelve, twelve. So you put that in a longer daylight. Things gonna get gigantic in in North America for sure. I bet the, the flowers probably get huge on that bunker. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially with the crosses, they get even bigger because they're a little more westernized that way, but it still has that insane bigger uh, from the uh, the temple. So those will, all all be available soon. I forget what the other ones are. I gotta grab the list. Look at that again. But
1: yeah, that's exciting, man. We need some more stuff like that for sure.
0: Um, what uh, what else have you been up to? What do you guys have coming up? Uh, anything on the horizon as far as events?
1: Uh, so far as events right now, I think that was the last. Those Virginia breeding classes were the last classes of the year for myself and Jordan, I believe. But you know, shit always pops up, and you never know what ends up coming before the end of the year that we end up going to, or or whatever. But we're always going to events. I know he's getting ready to go to Hawaii for a couple months, I believe. Um, so I don't know know exactly what else he's going to be doing. But yeah, other than that, you know, nothing really, nothing really planned except for the breeding projects and. Of course, I'm sure he's got podcast stuff going on and, um, of course, the tie seed thing. And other than that, man, just staying busy, doing our own thing, you know? <laughs> um, I do got a buddy out here that he's been following you for a while and I got him into growing like maybe two years ago, a year or two ago, somewhere in between there. And uh, he built his own little aquaponic setup, and like uh, I think it's a four by four tent actually, a dual dual root zone, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, shoved this 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 four by four into like this closet perfectly. I'll have to send you pictures of it. It's so awesome. Like it, he's pretty like, he's pretty detailed, you know what I mean. So when he gets started on projects, like everything's got to be just perfect so you know the 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 tent slides into the closet just perfectly everything just looks as good as it's gonna look you know um but he's been he's been following a lot of what you do and he's just been crushing it man i've been watching him and kind of helping him go along he's also doing some soil tents that i'm helping him with but his it seems like the aquaponics uh tent is his little baby though he loves that shit even uh went out and like caught fish out in the pond and put them in there so uh the fish he's using are like local fish i think i can't remember i had asked you what kind of fish to use and i i don't remember exactly what you told me but that's exactly what he went out i think it was like bluegill and something else maybe i don't know for sure i'll have to ask him but he caught he caught a couple different ones and he's got two tanks um god i wish i could have him explain it but <clears throat> um, the one tank has the fish in it the other one I don't believe does but I know he's done a lot he's been doing like a lot of experiments he used uh that k humate liquid from brandon Russ. I don't know if you know what that is but it's like a some kind of flowering humate based nutrient and uh I don't know what compelled him to do this one night but I guess he ended up dumping a bunch of it into just straight into the fish tank. He's like, it got so dark. I couldn't even see into the fish tank. I was like, why did you do that? dude? (laughs) (laughs) Like what, what made you think that was a good idea? But he was like, well, I I thought, you know, I would try to use some and I don't, I don't know. Anyway, he put it in there. He said, the next day he went in there, the tank was completely clear the fish were fine and the, the plants were rocking. So he's been like doing all sorts of weird experiments, trying to figure out what to use and what works. And, um, But man, he's just been crushing it. Like every single grow that, or harvest that he does seems to be getting better and better. So it's been really fun watching him do that. I wish I could, I had the time to get into to building a system like that. He spent a lot of time doing it. I just don't have that kind of time myself, but it seems so interesting, man. I wish I really wish I could, just the whole fish aspect of it seems so cool.
0: Yeah, we had a a really quick um I forget which episode, if it was the first time or the third time we had Dr. Faust on. I know it wasn't the second, it was the first or the third, um, that he explained how the the humates work with the tannins and everything, uh, as far as plant and ISR and, and immune response and, uh, and all that stuff, it was pretty interesting. So if anyone wants to go back and check that out, some of our previous episodes. But uh, yeah, yeah, what are some of the, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, he may have been listening to uh, to your episodes and may have figured it was okay to, you know, put some in there. I just think he may have over-applied it, but, but maybe not. Well, I don't know.
0: That's totally fine. You just have to be careful with saponins. You know, you can get away with aloe, um, but most of the other ones are pretty not fish-friendly. Uh, yucca being kind of the Super ultra fish lethal, so don't ever use yucca with those types of oh, systems. Oh really? Yucca? Yeah. Damn. yeah
1: I did not know that. I'll have to tell him that. That's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I get and a call three that, to but... three to five times a year. I get a call or an email. Like, I put in the soil wetting agent. all my fish are dead. It's like, oh yeah, it's yucca based, isn't it? Oh, let me check the label on um But uh, yeah, a few oh, drops you of yucca. Know. A few drops of yucca will kill an Olympic sized swimming pool worth of fish. So,
1: Jesus, wow, that's really poisonous to him, man. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, you can use it in a river to like get food in an emergency situation. The other uh, plant that you can use um, for like a survival situation, like gathering fish, is uh, mullein Uh, uh, because mullein isn't already like 10,000 ways to be useful. it's a good antibiotic. you can smoke it to kind of help with your lungs you get you know things like the virus and uh, some of the other and, and uh, bronchitis and things like that. It really helps uh, pneumonia. Native Americans used to use it for pneumonia. It, it's a good uh, wound pack if you have like a I don't know you get attacked by an animal or you fall and scrape get scraped up real good. the mullen leaves will prevent infection. So kind of use it as like a gauze that's antibiotic. Which is super wow. cool. Um, and uh, but anyway, so you can take the seeds from it, which are really tiny, uh, you can crush them um and uh make like a like a flower kind of and then you put that in the water stun the fish um yeah, so- for a period of time and uh you can catch them by hand really easily.
1: Wow, that is so amazing, man. Even the yucca thing still just blows my mind that you could do that. It makes total sense, but I mean, my God, I bet natives and shit do that, huh? Yes,
0: yeah, so the Native Americans and the Pacific Northwest used to do that. They get the yucca, they would press the roots between rocks, collect the juice, and then concentrate it in like a clay vessel, uh, and then they'd evaporate it down, and then they would pour that into a river, and then they'd have like the rest of the village like half a mile down river or a mile down river, and all the fish would float up. They would just kind of scoop them off the surface and then they'd smoke them all um, in order to, uh, um, you know, have food for the winter, basically. So they smoke all the fish and and then they have that way. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, the Yurok Indians of Upa and, and all those down in NorCal and Southern uh, Oregon all have done that for very, very, very long time.
1: That is so cool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, there's lots of cool stuff. I mean, the more you get into herbal
1: medicine or herbal, uh, herbalism, there's all kinds of weird cool stuff like that. Is there something in the yucca that that's causing that or?
0: Yeah, the, the and yucca uh, goes in through, the, through the, the gills and then uh, into the bloodstream. and then I forget which part of the, I think it's a heart thing, but I don't remember exactly what the, the mechanism is to kill the fish, but okay it works jesus but yeah you have to watch that with like certain soil mixes too from certain companies will have uh yucca extract in it so if you use it from dual root zone and you over water uh, you can kill your fish so you have to be careful with your wow. soil mix. that's a
1: great point damn yeah i yeah. would have never thought that you just just think, you know, it's it's organic. It's fine to use, but nope, not in there.
0: What are some of the differences you've noticed with uh, the aquaponic plants and flower versus stuff that uh, was in soil?
1: Oh, man. The first thing I noticed maybe right off the bat would be denser flowers. I do notice that it definitely seems to have like tighter tighter buds for sure um other than that it seems to come out very very similar otherwise like turf profiles are pretty similar um you know everything else very very similar to like i said he's got a couple soil tents in the, the room next to the room with the aquaconic setup in it so, we're like, he's growing, you know, the same phenos of the same clones of the same strain in, in one tent and one in the other. And he'll give me like a bag, like last time he gave me a bag of Oreos aquaponics and Oreos soil, um, truffle cake soil, truffle cake aquaponics. And there was definitely, like I said, some slight differences in like flower structure. But other than that, flavors, everything else was on point. It was very, very similar. So, I had nothing to complain about with it. Did it taste like fish?
0: People always ask that, which is kind of fun.
1: (laughs) Not at all, man. Not at all.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's not going to taste any more like fish than the stuff that you grew with common or tastes like beef. Yeah,
1: you know, and that would like, if they're using any kind of fish compost, wouldn't they think that would translate over the same? You know what I mean? Like, why would they think fish tank? fish tank water or fish, you know, using anything to do with fish would uh would do that, you know, like make it make it taste like that. That's just weird. It's funny you get asked that though. I believe it. I'm just
0: showing some of the pictures that you posted here. You wanna oh, tell us yeah. about
1: this one? Is that the tectonic? What one is that?
0: This is the tectonic truffle.
1: Yeah, that one's a good one, too. That one, man, that truffle cake, I got my buddy Farmer John. He sends me a lot of seeds, so I do a lot of hunting, too, to, like, find stuff to breed with, so I'll do, you know, pheno hunts, usually, it's usually, like, 50 to 100 plants I like to look through, and uh, anywhere from 15 to you know 30 different strains 40 different strains sometimes but he sent me some uh some truffle cake from in-house genetic seeds a while back just two seeds of it and uh i i grew both of those out and ended up finding both phenos were just amazing absolutely amazing some of the best stuff uh you know look wise that i've come across um they both had this really like truffle mushroom umami kind of flavor but one uh pheno number one and two is what I call them and both of them had that flavor but pheno number one has like a like a menthol or minty back end whereas pheno number pheno number two does not have that so I tend to favor pheno number two because I'm not a real big like menthol minty fan so I do a lot of the breeding with the truffle cake I use uses that number two pheno and it just seems to breed extremely well. It's It seems to come out dominant in a lot of the progeny that it produces. So you get a lot of like really truffle cake looking plants, um, as well as flavors, but the tectonic truffle, the, that used a peach quake male that I had, which was a peach pie from bloom seed co and then a max stomper from capulator and sunken treasure. I think collab did that one, um, so, you actually get a lot of fruit with that tectonic truffle, too. It's not like the cookie truffle shuffle that has the, the Oreos and truffle cake. Uh, that's, you know, you're going to get pretty much all gas or, or mushroom, umami, Oreos, creamy, sagey flavor. Uh, the tectonic, you're going to find a lot of like really peachy, tangerine type fruity flavors in there. Um, and, and there's a ton of examples of it on my page of Tectonic. Like every, it's one of those ones where every pheno you know, that we've seen comes out just absolutely amazing. I, I don't think I've ever seen a bad pheno you know, of Tectonic yet. That one's a good one too. That banana Oreo Blizzard. Yeah, that looks really nice. That's actually surface. one Farmer John grew. Nice. We pop one seed, and that's the pheno he got of that one. That one's uh, the Banana Punch Cross to Oreos that I did recently. And then the Double Stuffed, yeah, that one's uh, that White Truffle Cut Cross to Oreos. That one is another one where every pheno that we see comes out really, really awesome. So Banana yeah. Oreos. It's really nice. Yeah, that that banana punch is special. That cut of banana punch. I got I got that cut from Farmer John. It's one of the only only plants I've had that has like real banana flavors going on. I was so shocked the first time somebody showed it to me and I tried it. It was just all bananas. I had to have a clone of it. He gave me a clone of it. I've been doing projects with it and that's another one that breeds out really, really well.
0: Very nice. Oh, yeah, the, yeah.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, that white truffle cheese is a good one, too. That uses that uh, or uh, I'm sorry, not white truffle cheese. The uh, Oreo cheesecake, it uses the white truffle cheese crossed to the Oreos. That's a, a fresh coast strain. That one has some interesting looking pinos with the cheese built in. Chunkers. Oh, yeah, that one was a big, chunky one, the Magma Monster. I think that guy was down in Australia.
0: Yes, another one of your peaches, Peaches Regalia. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we found, there's a couple people that found some really good washers in that Peaches and Regalia one.
0: Very cool. Yeah, nice to see all this. A lot of different variety on the turkey profiles, too, which is nice.
1: Yeah, I like to have a big variety, you know. Who doesn't want a variety of flavors? I, I I tend to, like I said, favor like gassy and and funky, skunky, raunchy, sour, like piney kind of flavors. But I mean, I still enjoy other flavors from time to time too. So I like to, to have a nice wide range. and And like I said, I also hunt through a lot of plants. So I find a lot of really interesting stuff that Maybe it's not necessarily my type of flavor, but the plant itself is a winner all around. Otherwise, you know, maybe for other people, um, it may be a a, a really good winner for somebody else. It just may not be for me because I'm not into fruity stuff. So I may still use that for breeding because I know it's a great plant. It's just might not be my favorite thing in the world, but other people may enjoy it. So I'm not, you know, hesitant to use something like that as well.
0: Sure. So tell us about your grow style. Are uh, you living soil? Are you synthetic? Or, what, what, tell us about your grow methods.
1: Yeah. Um, I now I grow pretty much organically in beds. Um, when I first started growing and probably for, geez, the first 10 years, I was synthetic running GH. Um, kept hearing organics are better had more flavors blah 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 didn't really didn't really heed that or think it was anything real you know and um ended up trying some organic stuff and and did think it had more flavors and I thought well you know what let me do like a little experiment on the side and, and, and do a couple plants organic so I did and they came out amazing, so it convinced me to switch. So I switched to organics, and I've been in organics ever since, pretty much. Um, and uh, like I said, I'm in beds now, so I got huge, like, 150-gallon beds. They're, they're a good size. They're not movable or anything like that. Um, and it's got a huge mix of soil that i blended up, as well as some uh, Bio365 soil. They sent me, like, a half a pallet of soil at one point so i ended up dumping a bunch of that in there mixing that in as well um i got mushrooms growing all over the place in there so at this point it's it's a couple years old so it's it's got some cycles on it and it's definitely lively i got you know mushrooms that pop up like i said i got a colony of some beneficial soil mites i got centipedes in there that still freak me out because i'm not really into that kind of shit but they definitely are in there and they pop out from time to time uh and you know of course worms that i added a long time ago but are still in there uh but you know the organics do i i do genuinely believe they give more flavors and you know like i said in the past i was totally synthetic and was one of those people who i'd like to think you know like to think quote unquote more scientifically and was like organic synthetic whatever the plant doesn't care blah 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 blah. um so you know I was really dead set on that kind of stuff didn't matter until I tried it and there really is a difference I believe in, in using organics even if you're growing synthetics at least add some kind of organics into it just to maybe give it a little bit more flavor I feel like you know
0: So, what type of organic amendments are you using? Are you uh, using any K stuff, or what are you doing to to make sure your your soil is tipped up?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, I use there's one there's a couple things I use. The main thing that I use overall, that I've been using for years is a product called Sustain, and they're out of Minnesota. And it's like basically just a composted turkey litter, and it's a a four six four NPK value and it's got a bunch of other good shit in there. Um, They've become pretty difficult for me to get my hands on their stuff without having to order it and wait for it. Um, So I switched over to a different brand which is the exact same shit basically uh, called Chicken Poo and it's just a composted turkey litter again. Um, I use that. I also use uh, Nectar One Shot It's got a lot of calcium in it. Um, I use a lot of green grow amendments. I use their flower amendment. Um, I also use their earth shine, which is like a a biochar nutrient amendment mix that they have. Uh, What else do I throw in there? There's a couple other things I'm not thinking of off the top of my head right now. But those are probably my main my main go tos for replenishing the soil. But honestly, with the beds, they're so big, I haven't really had to do a whole lot of replenishing the last couple runs. I've just kind of left them alone, and they've just done their thing. I will throw water on there. I'll throw some microbial products on there. Um, every now and then, I might throw like a tablespoon around each plant of the uh, the flower amendment from from the green grow, um, which they say to put like a tablespoon a week, but I might throw a tablespoon around the plant the entire time just to give it a little something extra. I'm sure I'll have to heavily re-amend those beds in a couple runs. (laughs) They're probably going to be due soon, but um, you know, I do use compost as well. Lately, I've been using in S, uh, SD microbes, they're vermicompost. I've been using that. That seems to work really well. It's a little pricey, but it's really, really good, high quality uh, vermicompost. Um, when I'm not using them though, usually I'll use like a lobster compost from Costa Maine, something like that in there. So I do put compost and shit in there, I guess, and um, if I'm not reamending it. But other than that, I pretty much leave the beds alone and I do still have some some tents that have pots in there and I'll do living soil in there sometimes I'll supplement those with like roots organics uh, their powders or their liquids Um, and then I do have a tent that I do like experimental quote-unquote things with for content for growcast so like maybe a company will send um, like like a nutrient starter kit or something like a run like athena at this point um the green grow organics alive um lotus uh instead the other company they just they make mercenary i can't think of the, their name right now um they were a good organic one that i ran oh I'm back Let's see if i can find one of those But yeah, I usually, I usually just use that tent just as like content to, uh, you know, run new things and try new things out. I don't like to stay stagnant and just be stuck on doing it one way because there's always new stuff coming out, Uh, new stuff to try. So for me, it's fun. Cultured Biologics, that was the name of the company. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different different lines. I've ran different soils. Sometimes I'll try different soils. So, like like I said, Bio365 sent me a bunch of soil one time. I ran some of their stuff. Um, Total Harvest Control out of Michigan did. Detroit Nutrient. So, um, I've run a ton of different living soils um, side by side and then by themselves at this point. So, I oh, love yeah. my little little experimental area, keeps it fun, you know, and keeps it fresh.
0: Nice. I'm a big fan of Brandon Rust's uh, soil. Um, actually quick plug for that. If you guys can go to uh, Bukashi Earthworks, you can use cu- uh, coupon code potent uh, to get a discount on your, your stuff and uh, yeah, check it out. But uh, he's the, the guy. I use soil. I use his soil for all the commercial grows in the U.S. So for aquaponics or living soil, and it works awesome. It's the best nutrient profile, and uh, it's the cheapest when you're buying it by the yard of everybody as well. So it's a good combo.
1: So you can buy his soil and like anywhere now in the U.S. Yeah. and have it sent to you.
0: So he, yeah, he's finalizing the stuff for the smaller amounts. So if you just need a bag or whatever for right. shipping, that, but if you need a super sack worth or more. uh, yeah, I mean he's I've been buying from him for a year and a half, almost two years now for, for customers and yeah. we've had
1: really good luck with it. I didn't know that. I'll have to keep that in mind. I love his uh K Hemate product that we were talking about earlier. I use that as well. In the yeah, grow. So, so. so I guess I, I kind of do supplement. I use that as like a bloom, I call it a bloom booster, just because I'm usually just feeding off of the soil. So adding anything like that is kind of like a a little mcdonald's for them or extra feeding you know but they do enjoy the hell out of it love his stuff never used his soil though would love to try it yeah i was just hanging out
0: with him the other day
1: uh,
0: when i was uh on my way back uh, through and uh, stopped through oklahoma for a couple of days they uh stopped and hung out this one
1: yeah he's a nice guy man how's he doing is he doing good yeah
0: He's just yeah. had his had set up some pumpkin or squash trial or do something he was doing. Oh shit. It was cool. Yeah, good times. And uh, he's got a bunch of cool stuff. In fact, you guys can go back two or three episodes. Um, we had Brendan Rust on. Uh, you guys can check that out. Yeah, he's a smart dude, man. Um, so uh I don't question for you right after that. Oh, IPM. What are you doing for your IPM?
1: So I use a, I use a couple things. Um, mainly, though, is a sulfur, a Jadam sulfur that I get from a guy around here that makes it uh, named Shane. I guess he does make bottles of it. Uh, he goes on, I think his name's like Shane Organics or something like that. But it's just a Jadam sulfur. I use that a lot uh, when I take clones. I dip everything in it. Um, I spray everything, you know, and veg with it. And flour, I'm not using it. But, uh, yeah, I use that pretty much. That's pretty much my go-to. Um, I also use another product. It's an enzyme-based product. I guess you could call it like Dr. Zymes, but it's not Dr. Zymes. It's called EPM. And it's like... Uh, what does the EPM stand for? It's some weird fucking name. Um, like Environmental Plant Management or something like that. It's some kind of newer company, but they make this enzyme-based product, and it works extremely well. Um, they sell it concentrated. They also sell it in a ready-to-use bottle, I believe. I met them at some event like a year or two ago, I believe, like any can or something like that. They were there, and they gave me a big bottle of it and uh yes that is it there you go it is environmental plant management okay but anyway they gave me this bottle of it and uh concentrate bottle of it and I tried it and I tried it on my indoor as well as the outdoor like my outdoor veggie garden sunflowers stuff like that um I sprayed it in the sun and no sun even though you're not supposed to spray it in the sun and it the Plants weren't affected at all. It seemed to be really easy on the plants, but uh, any pests that were out there in the garden like immediately ran from it, didn't want to be near it. Uh, it just seems very effective, so I use that if I need to. But wow. I it also I it. And I use like beneficial nematodes, I like to play my soil every you know, so often, and then uh. You know, I have beneficial spell mic like, uh, But other than that, it's pretty much a whole do. do besides the, the the
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It's potassium, fatty acid, yeast in the water. Yeah,
1: oh. it's like it's, it's definitely different. It's very clear. Um, you know, when you get the concentrate on super
0: your um, Something happened with your microphone. You sound very different all of a sudden. I'm not quite sure why. Still sound bad. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a tunnel or something. I'm sure he'll be back in a moment. Um, yes, uh, while well, we're waiting on him to come back, Oh, there he is. Let's see if his mic's working. Um While we... Wait, oh, there he is. Um, Can you hear you me now? Oh, there you go. That's much better.
1: It, dude, it happens all the time with this phone. Whenever I record, like, any any amount of time, more than, like, 30 minutes, all of a sudden it goes, like, robot or tunnel style. So I'm used to it at this point. But yeah, that EPM product seems to work really well, so I've kind of just stuck with with using that and I haven't had any any bad experiences with it yet. So and they had a free sample program growing going on for a while there for about a year, uh, they gave me this link and I would send it to people that to try it. And uh, when you click the link, they were giving away free gallons of it. So the sample was a was a gallon bottle for a while of the concentrate. Which is you know pretty pricey for a gallon, so that was pretty cool with them, but a lot what's, of other people were using it and seemed to like it and have good luck with it. So
0: what's the dilution rate on the concentrate?
1: Uh, I'd have to grab my bottle and look. Um, I had an, an eight ounce sample that they gave me um, back when when they gave me a sample of it a while ago, and it it was quite a bit. Cool. I want to say yeah. for eight ounces, it only made like two gallons or something. I, I I don't remember, but it was definitely uh quite a bit.
0: Cool. And uh, on the I found the thing of strain, so it'll be the Temple Tie uh, Freaky Fuel. So it's a freak show crossed with jet fuel. Uh, and then you have the Sweet Temple Tie, which I'll have to ask him on on the sweet part. And the Low High which is like a uh, kind of like a more mount tie strain crossed with the uh, temple tie and the OG temple tie, uh, which is the OG uh, sour cream crossed with the uh, temple yeah. tie. Those will all be available. Oh, it's the sweet tie OG is, is the sweet temple tie. Sorry, I remember this. stuff. It took me a minute. Sorry, it's been a long day. Oh, I'm you're ready. all good, man. I smoked some some good herb this evening, so I'm a bit lit.
1: Nice. I'm excited for the Thai seeds, man.
0: Yeah. So those are gonna be fun. Yep, yep.
1: Yeah, I wish I could find that that bottle of concentrate. I got a bunch of these ready to use bottles, but the concentrate of that shit, I do want to say it was somewhere like four ounces or something a gallon. It was something something pretty high. I don't know what Zyme's concentrate levels are, but that one that uh, that EPM shit's pretty pretty high there for further concentrate. Nice.
0: So, is that the only product you're using? Or are you using anything else with it?
1: No, just that that EPM and that Jadam sulfur and then the the nematodes I re-inoculate with every now and then.
0: Nice. Okay very cool um what uh what are you rocking for lights you you said you had a couple of different tents
1: yeah man uh, right now i got all leds so i've got i've got some next light megos um that they sent me which they work great but they're honestly not necessarily my favorite lights uh, they're huge They're extremely heavy it's just like a giant fucking quantum board basically and it's like four feet by four feet or something so it's a bitch to have to mount uh the one that they gave me is really nice like commercial greenhouse one so it's like all encased in fucking metal or something you know so it's even heavier than a normal fucking light so i've got a couple of those uh which, like I said, they work fantastic. The plants can basically grow right up in them. They stay nice and cool. But they're just a bitch to move around and get in the way. Um, and then I've also got some rows. They're Smart 8s. Uh, those work extremely well. Um, I'm running a couple of those. And uh, Mars sent me some lights a while back. Some of their... I don't, God, I don't even know what they're called. Whatever their biggest light is that they have, it's like eight, I think it's eight bars. Um, I've got two of those as well, which believe it or not, those fucking things crush as much as it pains me to say it because it's Mars, but it is their thousand dollar light, I guess. So I guess it better do well for that price for a Mars, you know, but it does do, uh, it does extremely well, surprisingly. I think Farmer John got a couple, and, and he was raving about how well they did, too. We were both surprised, because we both have other lights that are nicer. Didn't expect a whole lot out of those Mars, but they do well.
0: Nice. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. Yeah, a little uh, bit what of are, everything. What, uh, what do you have planned for next year's gross season? Do you do anything at all outdoors? Or?
1: You know, I don't do anything outdoors anymore. Um, This year, I did do some outdoor. I did a a handful of plants outdoor that are doing really good. So I can't say that I'm not going to do it next year (laughs) just because I've been enjoying doing it this year. And I haven't done it in about six years. So it was really nice to have a couple outside again and just be messing with them and and watch nature do its thing and just kind of leave them alone. So I would like to do some next year again, but maybe find a better spot. and Let them get bigger. Um, but I got all sorts of like upcoming projects and shit. We're going to do a, a key lime madness hunt, which is like key lime pie across the GMO back cross that I did a while back. We're going to look through those and do a project with that. I'll do some more reversals soon and do some more fun projects, but. So far as outdoor next year, I would love to to maybe do something again, maybe do something bigger this time, because it's just fun and different. Something I normally don't do. I'm usually always indoors. So.
0: Oh, it's fun to find what local insects attack your plants. And <laughs>
1: Dude, you fucking nailed it, because I haven't had shit all year, but this morning I was out there, just happened to be looking around on my outdoor... I saw these little things on a couple of the leaves, and I was like, man, it almost looked like like oversized pollen grains or something. And I went and touched one, and it squirmed, and I was like, they're fucking thrips. You know, so there's like maybe 10 or 11 thrips on this one plant outdoor, and I was like, son of a bitch, I'm getting hit now. Which thrips usually don't bother me, you know, I'll hose them off or whatever, spray some of that EPM on them. But uh, yeah, man, it is something different seeing the outdoor, they just come in and either attack it or they do a little damage and then move on to something else you're fine you know it's not like indoor
0: it's interesting i know this with thrips they seem to be super strain specific so like they'll really love one strain and like completely ignore another one Um, i've also seen them where there was a facility i worked with in oregon that um had them eat all the pestles off of the plants in the facility that had the pineapple. So they had this pineapple smelling strain and it was just those and it ate all the pestles off and then they like didn't really eat the buds or anything. They just crawled up to the top, ate the pestles and then went back to eating the leaves at the bottom of the plant. It's like really bizarre but the the, the buds looked all kind of strange after they, they did that. It was weird
1: wow you know you kind of confirmed something for me because i was talking to i believe it was jordan earlier today i, I was telling him or somebody about these syrups and i said you know it's really weird because when i noticed them there was a this group of plants they're all the same strain but different phenos all out grouped together four of them are actually in one pot and one of the plants is the one with thrips, but they're only going on this one pheno. All the other ones are not touching, but the one pheno I found them on. So it seems like they just are gravitating towards this one. Like you said, And I was asking somebody, Jordan or somebody earlier about it, if they'd ever seen that, because they're definitely just all over this one fucking pheno.
0: Oh yeah. Aphids will do that too. They're favoring Uh,
1: the shit out of it.
0: Yeah. Well they just have ones that are that they can eat. It's also really funny to watch like I've had brassica aphids on like some of our broccoli or kale and then watch them like go to the cannabis plant and they'll feed on it, turn black, and just like fall off and die. They can't oh. handle the resin. So it's like really funny sometimes when they jump from one crop to another and just like can't handle the, the different chemical makeup, you know? It's kind of funny
1: damn that is funny as hell something tore up my cauliflower this year i wonder if it was those they just annihilated it
0: it's probably the gypsy moths the little white ones
1: that's well that's what i thought it was cabbage moth or gypsy moths or whatever they're them little white exactly the white ones i'd find them on there all the time i swear half the summer i spent chasing those things out of my garden my outdoor veggie garden you know chasing this fucking white moths
0: yeah um i also wanted a quick plug if you guys are in the northwest uh next weekend is the uh Myciliate, the festival uh check out our episode we did on tuesday um we had chris trump and matt powers dustin powers and future 4200 we'll get back on the show again uh, in the future and uh, a great group of people if you guys get a chance to go out there, they're doing it at Vashon Island out by uh, out by Shango there. So um, yeah. we should sure check that out.
1: Nice, man.
0: Yeah. And then uh, I'll be down in... Um, we'll have the event or opening, store opening at the end of October. And then the first weekend of November, um, if you guys are going to the event in Austin... Um, that the survival podcast is doing. Uh, I'll be one of the workshop teachers there, along with Matt Powers, if you guys are looking to hang out in person. Those are uh, kind of the next couple events, and then I'll also be at the uh, Cannabis Cup in Nashville. Um, we will have a bunch of entries and stuff like that there too, so uh, check that out um, in December, whatever the fuck that is, December 6th or whatever it is, December 5th or whatever date that is. So be sure to check that out um, as far as uh, yeah, in-person stuff between now and the end of the year.
1: you going to be at the, the thing on Vashon Island?
0: No. I'm not able to make it this year. Uh, I'm trying to get out to Davideau in Oklahoma there on the 14th. We'll see.
1: Those all sound like fun-ass events. Yep.
0: Yeah. Mila is from is doing a dabadoo in Oklahoma. So I'm gonna see if I can swing it, but we'll see. It's been very busy with uh, trying to get the shop open. We got all of the, all more cannabis stuff is cleared. We're just waiting on the food stuff and the and the last of the public stuff and getting the shop finished painted and all that stuff. So it's it's gonna be fun. But we'll have uh, more information on that soon uh, next month when we have a little. A little more certainty on the date. All right. Yeah, well, good, uh, I know uh, you don't have the whole evening and you have your munchkins and things. Is there any other uh, things you wanted to bring up here uh, kind of uh, getting uh, near the, the end of the of your time?
1: Nah, man. Just thank you for having me come on and thank you to, to your listeners. And, uh, you know, like we talked about, I got the the apes of space project apes and space pollination project coming up uh people can watch out for and then of course the uh your tie seed thing we'll be doing so i'm excited for that so other than that man um like i said i i appreciate the hell out of you having me come on and just bullshit for a little while it's always a blast
0: yeah it'll be great and then we have another uh santa claus uh, we'll be bringing some more stuff here uh... Between um, Black Friday and uh, and Christmas, so we'll have uh, some some other interesting things available after that. So be sure to check that out. Uh, we will have more information on those in the future.
1: oh yeah! All right,
0: I, um, we have. Uh, I don't know if we'll have an episode on Tuesday next week. Uh, this week we kind of did it to make sure we got that uh, out as early as possible on the on the event. But we will have Dale Hunt, cannabis lawyer and PhD, will be with us next Thursday to talk about the implications of Schedule 3. Uh, if you have any um, cannabis questions that you really want to hear a cannabis lawyer ask, um, you know, obviously he can't help you with any of your cases and stuff. But if you have a question in regards to the current state of the industry, um, he's going to be kind of joining us to talk about uh, what a Schedule 3 change would look like for everybody that's currently doing this because I think a lot of people are nervous and haven't heard uh, from someone that actually is uh, you know capable of answering this question in the sane and logical manner uh, at least any that I've heard so I think it'll be a great episode to kind of cover with everyone um, and by someone that's been on the show I mean, four or five times uh, Dale's a great guy he's been a, a go-to lawyer for us whenever we have these types of issues that pop up uh, he was also formerly the lawyer for for uh, uh, open cannabis project before, uh, they, uh, dissolved after finding out what Phylos was doing. So, uh, he has been through the thick and thin of it when it comes to the industry and it's, uh, and it's drama as a lawyer firsthand. So definitely a great guy to get his perspective on this uh, next week. So be sure not to miss that episode next week.
1: I'm going to have to check that one out for sure. That sounds cool as hell, man. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. I appreciate it, man.
0: Yep, thank you.
1: You have a good night, brother.
0: You too, cheers. Later on. Always fun to have uh, the Growcast uh, crew on. And um, let me uh, play a little ad here to wrap up. If you're looking for more education on Aquaponic cannabis, please consider the Aquaponic Cannabis Masterclass at apmjclass.com, featuring over seven days of in-depth, hands-on educational content with Marty Waddell and Stephen Reisner as your guides through the Aquaponic Cannabis universe. We'll cover everything from construction of large commercial facilities, uh, home-size systems, backyard systems, nutrients, pest control, diseases, everything you can think of. And uh, and so much more. So be sure to check that out at apmjclass.com. And if you're looking for aquaponic cannabis or living soil uh, pest control courses, please check out uh, thepestclass.com, where we have a huge in-depth course on pest control, how to make your own um, biocontrols, as well as in-depth guides and identification guides for a whole slew of different pests that you may encounter in your aquaponics. And it's not strictly just geared towards cannabis. Uh, it's also geared towards vegetables as well. So be sure to check that out if it's something you think you might need to improve in your education. All right, everybody. And uh, we will be doing our, our regular uh, fall sale class here soon. Um, so be sure to check that out. We have a whole bunch of new slides that Marty and I are working on uh, to add a couple of hundred new slides to the deck. Uh, on top of all the amazing education that's already available through the course. I'm sure check that out. We also have um, a new course I'm working with with Roger from True Aquaponics, um, kind of like a full old course aquaponics course that's a little more geared towards vegetables and not solely cannabis geared. So um, we're working on that. That's going to be, I think, probably the longest course that we put together yet. So um, check that out as well. And uh, That'll be another thing to look forward to uh, in the future, we also have a short course just kind of on like a, how to build a system. And here's like all the different ways that you can incorporate different types of crops to an aquaponic system. So like, um, you know, tree modules and vertical towers and grow beds and wicking beds and, you know, all the different ways that you'd want to grow and why uh, in, in kind of a shorter one or two day course as well. So um, we'll have both of those coming uh, sometime in the early next year. Uh, so we we'll check that out. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's some other cool projects we're working on right now that uh, in the next month or so, we'll start uh, rolling them out to you guys. Uh, and uh, a really cool uh, uh, video I think we're going to be doing in uh, the first week of October with uh, something neat that I don't think you guys have seen yet um, that you guys are going to really like. So we got some cool content coming. A lot of exciting things happening. So. Uh, catch you guys soon and uh uh come back next week and uh, also um i know we had an issue with soundcloud there for a couple of weeks i guess it was a week or so um so they had some kind of issue with the hosting they got everything sorted so if you're having an issue uh or previously were having an issue listening to the audio format of these shows uh, everything is all fixed up as of uh, a couple of days ago so be sure to check that out um you know everything should be working yet. if it is not uh, please let me know and uh i will see about uh fixing if there's any videos that got screwed up there at the end uh, when they when they